Welcome back to the Send 938 podcast, a ministry of Baptism Missions designed to encourage, equip, and inspire the next generation of missionary servants and the churches who will send them. I'm your host, Steve Anderson, Administrator for North American Ministries with Baptism Missions, and I'm joined today by uh, one of our ministry teams from Germany and their administrator. Steve Galt is the Administrator for Africa and Europe. Good to have you here, Steve. Thanks. Good to be here. Before we go any further in today's episode, I want to make sure our listening audience knows about our Summer School of Church Planting modules. We'll be offering two modules this summer, both of them in Iowa, for those of you uh, living in the heartland. Uh, The first will be May 22nd through 26th. This will be our revitalization seminar. This is really at the heart of my own pastoral ministry and a great team of guys joining us from Arch Ministries as well as Baptist Church Planters and our BMM PEP team, our pastoral enrichment program team who leads the School of Church Planting. We'll be Uh, offering this module May 22nd through 26th at Faith Baptist Bible College in Ankeny, Iowa. You can register for the course by going to faith.edu. This is a course offered through the college. So for those of you students who may be listening, you can take this course for credit during the module week there, May 22nd through 26th. For pastors in the area or, or wanting to come in from out of the area, it's actually a reduced rate because the auditing fee is only $100. Housing and food options are available. Go to faith.edu to register for that course. Or you can reach me at send938 at bmm.org, and I'll answer any of the questions that you may have regarding registration and information related to that course. The second module we'll be offering is June 5th through the 7th at Maranatha Baptist Church in Grimes, Iowa, just down the road from Ankeny. This is our church planting seminar. And so this will go from concept through launch, dealing with philosophy and methodology and church planting. And so for those of you engaged in church planting, maybe you're a pastor who has a desire to see a daughter work started out of your church, we'd love to see you this summer at either of those courses. Information on the School of Church Planting seminar uh, in June can be found at bmmschoolofchurchplanting.org. bmmschoolofchurchplanting.org is the website. Registration information is there. And again, you can always reach me at send938 at bmm.org with any comments or questions about our School of Church Planting Revitalization or Church Planting Seminars this summer. And uh, joining us today are Ted and Becky Fletchel. You guys have been in Germany since, well, actually, you've been with BMM since 81, went to the field in 85. And I was just going to say you're in Germany since 85, but you actually were somewhere else before then. That's right. We were um, in. Uh, we went. We went to the field. Not quite sure where the Lord was leading us, actually, and uh, we um, were then assigned to the German team. And Ted went to language school for two years, and then we moved to Austria okay. in 1987. All right. So your ministry has been uh, in German-speaking countries in Europe. Uh, that's that's probably what I should have said. <laughs> but uh, it's been primarily a church planting ministry, right, Ted? Yes, uh, evangelism and church planting. Okay. So talk to us a little bit about, because uh, those who at this point in the in the podcast series uh, would be familiar with these missionary interviews, these, this is really designed to introduce folks to our ministry team uh, and some of the things that the Lord has done to lead them to various regions and service of ministry around the globe. And so tell us a little bit about what the Lord did to, to bring the two of you together and then to um, eventual ministry in Germany where you serve today. Well, I grew up on a farm in northwest Missouri, just south of the Iowa border. And having grown up on the farm, I was uh, subjected to manual labor for a long time. <laughs> Back when it was days. good for you. and Yeah. <laughs> and I also learned the value of hard work and sticking to the task at hand until it was completed. And so the Lord's been good to keep us in his hand and giving us opportunity for ministry these 
36 years of ministry in Austria and Germany. I uh, grew up on the farm, had no idea where uh, I would be spending the rest of my life. I was saved at the age of 21 at the Mount Air Regular Baptist Church in Mount Air, Iowa. And yeah. that's when, so to, so, to, so to say, the the uh, adventure began. I'm still having trouble speaking English. I want to say German all the time. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> how long have you been back in the States now? Oh, we've been back almost a year. Okay, yeah. all right, all right. And so anyway, um, after graduating from high school, and then I was saved and I entered the Air Force and was stationed in Cheyenne, Wyoming. And that's where the Lord began to disciple me through a very godly man, uh, Ray Taylor, who's now with the Lord at Faith Baptist Church in Cheyenne, Wyoming. Mm. And uh, from there, the Lord led me to Faith Baptist Bible College, where uh, my freshman year, I met my wife, now my wife, Becky. She was in her senior year, mm. Faith Baptist Bible College, and we actually met in European prayer band mm. on campus at Faith wow. Baptist Bible College. Oh. And so I don't know how the rest of the love story developed, but she can tell you that. <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead, Becky. Well, uh, he did ask me out for a date, and uh, all my roommates said, don't go out with him. <laughs> 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 but I did, um, and, uh, you know, I just realized that um, he was a great guy. Uh, he shared his testimony and what he thought the Lord wanted him to do in his life, and uh, one of those things was going to missions. And so I just thought, yeah, that would be all right. <laughs> and then there was a second date and a third, and uh, yeah, about a year later we were married. Yeah, the rest, as they say, yeah, is history. history. So you mentioned when we, when, we, uh, when we first started here that Ted went to language school, but you didn't have to join him in language school, did you? No, I did mm-hmm. not. Um, I am a missionary kid. My parents were Warren and Dorothea Pauls, and they were missionaries almost thirty years in in Germany. Okay, so you were you were were you born there? Yes, you were I was born, born in Munich, and I grew up there and spent most of my life on the foreign on foreign soil. <laughs> okay, good. So um, you know, a few weeks ago, I I did a. A podcast that some of our listeners would have heard already, and and that was with Steve Galt uh, here. And he said, you know, when when I went back to Africa, I had to make sure it was because that was where the Lord really wanted me, not because it was because that was where my comfort zone was. (laughs) (laughs) Did you did you have any of that kind of tension as you thought about life and ministry back in the country where you were raised, a place where you certainly had a comfort zone? Uh, I did have a, a bit of a comfort zone, uh, although I had been in Iowa now for uh, probably close to eight years, and um, it wasn't always real easy in Germany and with coworkers and other things that were going on, and I really did not feel like I wanted to go back to Germany. Mm-hmm. And uh, we didn't at first. We went to Austria, which is very close to Germany. <laughs> right. But um, yeah, I, I, the, the thing that was really um, comforting for me was that I would not have to struggle with another language. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So when we uh, actually went to Austria, it was much easier with the children. And with government officials and knowing what to do, where to go, what to do, um, what papers we had to fill out, and things like that, and so that part was comforting. But I also realized that uh, Germany and Austria, all of Europe, actually, 
is a very difficult field. So um, that did not, that was not really a huge comfort. But, you know, God laid it on my heart to go back home. And it was the home of my forefathers. My grandparents immigrated to the United States. And so I was glad to go back. Yeah, uh, Becky, we, we love to hear uh, different uh, languages. And so since you're an MK fluent in German, we'd love to hear you give us a nice discourse on uh, John 3.16. Uh, Johannes 3,16 Denn so hat Gott die Welt geliebt, dass er seinen eingeborenen Sohn gab, damit jeder, der an ihn glaubt, nicht verloren geht. Mm, sounds pretty authentic to me. Sondern ewiges Leben hat. Oh, sorry, missed the best part. <laughs> Do you want to repeat that? <laughs> So tell no, us. I think we don't need to repeat that. That's, that's great. That's huh? perfect just the way that worked out. That's really good. Oh, man. I was going to uh, say there before uh, before you finish John 3.16 for us that, uh, you know, for, for a lot of Americans, we kind of joke about how harsh the German language sounds. But uh, when you speak, it doesn't sound very harsh at all. Well, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> so, Ted, how did... How did uh, was language acquisition a, a, a trial for you, or was that uh, was that something that came fairly easily? Well, when I was in Bible college, I had three years of Koine Greek and a year of Hebrew, and excelled in those foreign languages, although they were so to speak dead languages, not spoken. But I had a good grasp on mechanics of grammatic and things like that. So I learned the German language on the basis of its grammatic uh, and grammar, I guess. Yeah, and uh, so. But the difficult thing for me was that uh, at 30 years old, learning a foreign language, uh, I was sometimes frustrated because it just didn't seem that I was understanding the rules and I sometimes didn't speak it correctly. Yeah. But then the Lord was so gracious to give me a wonderful help meet a wife mm-hmm. who uh, knew the language from a child. And she was always there to sort of help me and Even uh, as we were finishing our last year of ministry on the field, I always manuscript my Sunday morning messages and mostly let her read through it to make any minor corrections that mm-hmm. needed to be made as far as the grammar was, or the, the structure, sentence structure it's, was. It's funny you would say that because as you were saying that the Lord gave you a, an excellent help me with who knew the language, I was going to ask you how many of your sermons did she write for you, but apparently all of them. <laughs> <laughs> Well, actually, she never wrote any of them. No, no, no. no. She did give me a lot of uh, insight into what I should be preaching, though. Could <laughs> be. Uh, yeah, that's good. That's good. So your ministry in Austria and Germany has been, uh, as I said already, uh, or asked already, a primarily a church planting ministry. So talk to us a little bit about the dynamics of, uh, of the ministries that you've been a part of, maybe maybe locations where you have served more specifically than just the two countries. And, and talk to us a little bit about what you, the current ministry looks like and what you'll be returning to uh, as you return from furlough. Our first two years was for my language study, and we lived uh, near Munich, Germany. And uh, the language school was in Munich, and so I rode a train every day to the language course five days a week and uh, also found a a partner to speak the language. It was a local farmer, and so we had something in common, but he spoke excellent German, and so that was great to have that practical experience during, during language school. Uh, then after two years of language school, we 
uh, were looking for a place to serve the Lord in Austria, and we ended up in a little town in the Austrian Alps, uh, just south of Innsbruck. And uh, after arriving in Austria, I just felt the need to continue to hone my language skills, and so I attended uh, a German language course at the university there in Innsbruck for about a year after that. And so after getting the language down, the first uh, term on the field, basically, we were just evangelizing. And the most effective way we found to evangelize was basically two-pronged. The Lord had given us uh, four wonderful children, and children draw children. And so we had uh, a children's Bible club in our in our house, and neighbor kids came and school kids, friends of theirs came to that. And uh, we always geared that toward reaching the whole families with the gospel. And so late fall, we would begin with uh, preparations for a Christmas program, and they would learn Christmas uh, carols as well as Bible verses and the Christmas story. And then we would have a huge, uh, in that respect, for a small village. You know, about 100 people would come to the local community center, including the mayor and some important people, and they would hear the gospel. And we'd sometimes have a national speaker come and preach as well. And so that was one prong. The second prong was just uh, hospitality. And uh, to, to, in my understanding, Becky was the best hospitality person in the, in the world. You want to tell about a little bit what you do mm-hmm. with Café and Kuchen? Yes, um, mm-hmm. there's a wonderful custom in Germany as well as in Austria, and that is uh, coffee and cake time, Café and Kuchen. And it's a very natural thing. Um, it's usually on Sunday afternoons when people don't have anything else going on. And you invite them into your home, and you serve coffee and cake. And this little process takes a while. It's usually more than one cake, several cakes. They try them all, and then they have another cup of coffee. And during that time, um, if we have not really had a whole lot of opportunity to talk to them, they themselves ask, so what exactly are you doing here as Americans? Do you work at the university or, you know, what are exactly. And it opened up the door for us to uh, uh, share our testimonies and uh, the gospel and why we were there. And so the whole village soon knew that we were there to establish a church, a Baptist church. Well, then they didn't know what Baptist meant. And so we had another opportunity to share what, what it means to be a Baptist and how they're uh, biblical. And they, we wanted to have a, 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 a Bibeltreue Gemeinde, <laughs> a true-to-the-Bible church. And many were interested. And we did uh, establish a church there, small church. And, um, yeah, the Lord just really blessed our ministry there, our, our kids had many good friends. We had lots of opportunity to serve the community. Um, I taught some adult education classes in quilting. And every time I started my class, I would make it a point of having a short devotion of um, something that was maybe related to quilting, like piecing pieces together and how uh, God pieces us together and he he knows our whole frame and even though we don't understand it sometimes and then of course with the binding on the outside of the quilt he binds us together and so those were all opportunities and then I would teach them how to quilt and tell them 
a little bit about America and things like that. Mm-hmm. Another opportunity we had was uh, when we began our Bible studies uh, at home, we went to the local newspaper to find out if we could put an advertisement uh, in the paper. And we sort of hit it off well with the editor of the newspaper, and she asked if she could interview us to tell the whole community, a uh, population of about 22,000 readership, uh, what uh, we were doing there. And so we did. And thereafter, uh, she asked us to put weekly a small devotion in the paper for free the whole time we were there. And so almost everybody in the community knew who we were and that we were believers in the Lord Jesus Christ and that we were there uh, to serve him. Wow. What a great opportunity. Mm-hmm. Very cool. So your, your current ministry, where, where are you presently uh, serving and, and uh, tell us a little bit about the dynamics of the church there. Well, after serving the Lord for 15 years in Austria, the Lord led us to come back to Germany to help a small struggling work. Uh, and uh, we actually reconstituted the church down to about a handful of people. And eventually that merged with another church in Mainz, Independent Baptist Church. And then we relocated to the city of Ingelheim. We lived there. And uh, while we were living there, we saw this as our Jerusalem. And there wasn't a fundamental Baptist church anywhere in that community, especially in the town that uh, has a population now of about uh, 30,000. And so, anyway, we began Bible studies in our home there again, just like we had in the past. And so about six years ago, the Lord led us to rent a facility uh, in the town, sort of isolated, but nevertheless perfect for starting a church, the right size. And um, we began holding uh, church services there on a Sunday morning, and eventually then uh, Sunday school, church service, and then Wednesday night Bible study prayer meeting, as well as Sunday school, uh, various times Bible studies during the week or, or meeting people just uh, on, on occasion. And during that time, the Lord gave me the opportunity to be a witness at the local fitness center. And there I made contact with a lot of people. And some of those people came to our home for coffee and cake afterwards. Uh, the last time just before COVID was a, uh, the policeman. And he and his wife, I met at the fitness center. They became very, we became very good friends. And so we invited them into our home for coffee and cake and was able to share the gospel with them. To my knowledge, they haven't accepted Christ as my savior, as their savior, but nevertheless, opportunities to sow the seed. Very cool. So, you know, there's a, there's an appropriateness in current missionary trends and evangelistic efforts in relational evangelism. But, uh, you know, every, every generation, it seems, and this is true of my generation as well as any other generation, every generation thinks that they've discovered something new. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and yet we're reminded there's nothing new under the sun. And uh, this is a good, it's just good to hear you speaking in terms of the last, you know, almost 40 years of ministry uh, that is defined by a relational, personal, evangelistic effort. And it's just a good reminder that relational evangelism is always the way it's been done. It's always the way it's been done. Yeah, and um, Steve, I would add to that that I was able to visit Ted and Vicki on the field, and I can testify to the fact that they are wonderful hosts and tremendous in the whole ministry of hospitality. But I would also like to say that I commend Ted and Vicki for something that um, they they were in a work that uh, didn't quite work out the way that they had thought it would or hoped it would. 
which could have derailed some, you know, some missionaries. But to their credit, and I think this is really important to their credit, they were able to continue on. And like you said, they moved to Ingelheim. They began a ministry there from scratch. Uh, today, that ministry is ongoing. There's a, another BMM missionary who's leading that work. Um, they've outgrown the building that Ted and Becky first rented. Now they're looking for something else. And so, you know, to, in, in my estimation, they, they persevered. They were resilient in, in that. And what could have maybe discouraged them, they used that to launch into something else that God had, had planned for them. So it's just, a, it's just an encouraging thing to see how when we follow God, we continue to be resilient, even in the face of difficulty. They can look back on it now and see, look what, look what God's done. And that work is even ongoing to this day. So it's, I was just there literally like three weeks ago. So it's very encouraging mm. to see. Mm. Yes, we found God to be very, very faithful, and especially in times when we were discouraged or uh, really wanting just to pack up and go home, <laughs> we um, found our source of a strength and sustenance in God's Word, and as we look back, we just see God was so faithful so many times, and as a young person, you sometimes don't realize or you haven't experienced it yet, but God is faithful, and if He wants you on the field, if He wants us on the field, He will do what He needs to do to keep us there. Mm-hmm. It's amazing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Wonderful testimony. Um, so let's let's play a little theoretical game here for a moment, assuming it's not actually theoretical, and that this may this may happen in short order. If a young young family that's eager to to enter the ministry says, you know, the Lord's been giving us an interest in what's going on in Germany. And, and uh, we're just curious what the ministry opportunities look like. Um, what counsel would you give and how would you describe some of the, the ministry opportunities that remain um, in Germany? Well, there was about a year of transition between our working with a, another church in Mainz till we actually began the ministry in the town of Ingelheim that we actually worked with, an English-speaking uh, independent Baptist church in Wiesbaden. And uh, that language, of course, is English. And so there are many opportunities for people who don't think they can learn the language to use that English, uh, maybe English as a second language. And uh, we had a short-termer that came uh, and taught in the uh, Volkshochschule, which is an adult education school, and she taught English as a second language. And the director of the school just really... Uh, fell in love with her and wanted her to come back and keep teaching there. So there are opportunities for things like that as well. But if you want to become a career missionary in reaching the nationals, uh, then you need to learn the language. And, of course, that requires some type of a, or some degree of a language uh, aptitude to be able to do that. And I had no idea if I could ever learn a foreign language. But the Lord, again, gave me wonderful help me to help me in that respect as well. But we know missionaries that have really struggled with the language, and uh, they've never really got a grip on it. Uh, and, and so sometimes that could be discouraging. And, and we've tried to help them understand, you know, if you love the people, they'll know it, and they'll overlook your language deficiencies. <laughs> yeah. And uh, one of our dear friends uh, also started a church in, in Germany, and his church is still going, great guns, but he really butchered the language. <laughs> 
And nevertheless, uh, God used him to start a church there. Yeah. So, so don't feel like that everything revolves around your ability to learn language. You know, if God gives you love for himself and for the ministry and for the people to whom he has sent you, the people will see that, and they'll overlook some of your deficiencies. Great, great. So how might someone pray for your ministry and the ministry that is ongoing in Germany under the banner of, of BMM. How, how can folks remember you in prayer in, in the days, weeks, months, and hopefully years ahead? Yeah, uh, we are retiring uh, very soon. Uh, and there have been three other couples that retired during the last year and so uh, there are only two stations open now, uh, and there's uh, two uh, missionary units in one station and two mini- uh, ministry units in the other station. And uh, But there are so many towns and villages that need to have the gospel, need to have a good Bible-teaching church. So there's opportunities all over, and when we um, start out with new missionaries, we do not just put them somewhere. They're with somebody for a while. So it's not like you have to go out uh, into some town and all by yourself. So uh, we do monitor that as a field, and uh, there's lots of opportunities. And there's uh, also camping opportunities, and like I did, teaching opportunities, um, and other people have also done teaching opportunities, mm-hmm. uh, English as a second language. Um, uh, we have lots of immigrants that need help and uh, from different countries. And so there's, if you're looking for what God wants you to do, you'll find it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right. Well, mm-hmm. the, the prayer of uh, our heart this year and uh, probably for many, many years to come is reflective of Matthew 938. It's the impetus for the Send 938 podcast to pray the Lord of the harvest to send forth laborers. And sounds like Germany, as is the case in many other places around the world, uh, has a, a faithful family of BMM missionaries who are arriving at uh, the end of their, their ministries and are, are looking for the next generation that will step in behind them. So we'll, we'll pray with you about what the Lord would do to bring uh, more laborers to the harvest field in Germany. Mm-hmm. Appreciate you guys being with us today. It's been it's been really encouraging talking with both of you, Ted, Becky, Steve. Thank you so much. And uh, for those of you listening today, you can reach us with any comments or questions about today's or any other episode at send938 at bmm.org. And, of course, at whatever platform you're listening on, if you could leave us a five-star review, comment, review of some sort to help others find the Ministry of Baptism Missions here at the Send 938 podcast. 